Hello and welcome back to the Gritty Men Podcast. I'm John Riggs, your host, and as always, we are here to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory in these last days. Hey guys, uh, what a great privilege it is to spend some time with each and every one of you today. Um, just a couple things as we begin this podcast. Some of you say, well, how can we uh, continue to help uh, this ministry um, impact the lives of Christian men? And, and that's a great question. Um, but here's some answers for that question. Um, one of the things that you can do is you can like and subscribe and you can share these videos with other men that um, you know could benefit from the teaching that is provided on this podcast. A few other ways you can do that is please continue to pray for us here um, at The Gritty Company and uh, that God would help us to continue to fulfill the purpose for which he's given us, and that is uh, to equip, encourage, and inspire God's men um, in these days. And so the other thing you can do, guys, is um, you can go on our website and you can order some stuff there. One of the things you can order is one of my favorite things, and that is uh, our Gritty Company coffee. Um, and this is some of the very best coffee guaranteed that you'll ever, 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 ever drink. And every day in my, of my life um, is, is uh, begun with a cup of coffee. Uh, I love coffee and uh, I've had the privilege of drinking coffee all over the world. So I'm a little bit of a coffee snob. So when I tell you that the product that we're offering you is incredibly good, it is. And I know that for a fact. So not to mention that those that... Um, um, Love Coffee will appreciate that. So um, the company that we use is a company that is local here, and um, they're friends of mine. Um, the, 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 the man, Chad, actually is um, a veteran, and he is serving currently overseas. And um, his wife, uh, she does the, the bulk of the roasting and stuff now, but it's called the Duck Company. And they're a Christian family, and um, I really, really appreciate them and for what they do. But they have a wonderful product. So if you'd like to order some coffee, you can go to the Greedy Company and do that. And I'd appreciate that as well. Also, um, we're booking now and setting dates and filling dates for um, men's uh, events and retreats, things like that. So if you have um, a need in your church and would like for me to come and speak to encourage your men and to teach them, uh, some of these incredible truths from God's Word, then by all means, you can contact me here through thegrittycompany.com, and uh, I'd love to come and have the privilege of sharing some encouragement with the men of your church or your life group um, or small group, whatever that would be. So, guys, once again, thank you for being here today. Um, looking forward uh, to this session that we have together in this podcast and I want to begin our podcast um, talking about um, the, uh, the things that are happening right now currently in not only our world, but what's going on here in the United States. I know that these are really weird days. They're, they're strange. Um, there's a lot of concerning things that are happening in our culture, in our society, and not only our country, but also in the world. And so I just want to bring some encouragement to you guys today as as you navigate um, this day in which we're living in, as you as men of God striving to honor and live for His glory, lead your wife and lead your children and, and operate your business and, and uh, all that is involved with being a father and a husband and, and a provider and a protector, you know, how, how are we to navigate these really, really odd and strange days? Well, there, there are ways in which we do that. And we know that as Christian men, that we have to have the proper um, worldview 
when we look at our life in this world. And it, it all begins with a proper understanding of this age that we are in, knowing that the age that we're living in is coming to a day where this age will come to a close. And there is a day that the Bible speaks about over and over and over and over, all through the Old Testament, New Testament. It's a future event. It's called the Day of the Lord. We know the Day of the Lord is coming. And the reason this podcast um, is really here is to help equip, encourage, and inspire you guys. And notice I say to live for God's glory in these last days. The reason I use the word last days is because we are living in the last days. Now, you can argue where we are in the last days. If you want to argue that, that's fine. But the, the reality is we are living in the latter part of the last days. And so things are going to be topsy-turvy in these days because we know Scripture has already forewarned us of what the days will look like as we approach the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and His second coming, uh, which is called the Day of the Lord, the Day of the Lord's Wrath. Um, judgment, all those things are coming before he sets up his millennial kingdom here on earth. And so I want to give you some things that will encourage you guys. We need to have the right perspective and we need to be looking through a biblical worldview lens. In other words, how you see everything around you will be greatly impacted and affected by the way you see them according to God's word and his truth. So here's, here's what I want to point out to you. We need to be like the sons um, of Issachar, for example. And in fact, in First Chronicles, when we were talking about the king's men, right, the men who were actually serving and fighting for King David, he begins with uh, his mighty men, his mighty men of valor. We learned about that. And then we see that these men were over thousands and then, we're going to give a list here of all the men, the fighting men for David. And when you get into 1 Chronicles, there's a listing of these men. And when you come to verse 32, <clears throat> I've used this verse before, but this is an example of the kind of men that we need to be. What are we? We're the king's men. That's what we are. We have a king. His name is Jesus. We serve God, the Father. And we are part of this incredible kingdom because, as we're going to see, I want to reiterate this today, guys. There are literally only two kingdoms in this world. And you are either in one or the other. There's no, there's no middle ground. There's no option of, of dabbling and being a part of this one and that one. No, you're in one or you're in the other. And you need to see that what is going on around you has to do with these two kingdoms. And it will help you understand how you navigate the days in which we are living in. And this will help you as you lead your wife, as you lead your children, as you train and shepherd your wife and children, how you approach your business, how you approach your job, how you approach how you live in this world. And here we are in an election year. Now, I can assure you there's going to be a lot of crazy things that will take place this year. That's going to be a reality. So don't be surprised at these crazy things that are going on. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. We're living in um, a time where corruption rules and corruption reigns. And so a lot of you might be saying, well, John, how should we as God's men 
um, address this entire election cycle year? How should we approach this? What should we do? Now, there are men out there that think that we are going to take this thing over and we're going to turn this thing around. I am not of that camp. In fact, as I study scripture, I do not see where that's going to be happening in the last days. What we do know is going to be happening in the last days as things are going to gradually become worse and worse and worse. They're not going to become better. That's not going to be a reality. Not only that, we know that there is what? A great apostasy coming. That is a great falling from the truth. Um, and then there's going to be a man who's going to be revealed. It's going to be the man of lawlessness. It's going to be a man who we know in Scripture is identified as the seed of Satan. He's going to be the tool of Satan, the man of Satan, who will what? Be this great leader who will rise to power and will um, usher in uh, a, a short period of time where it seems as if he's going to bring the world under some sort of peace, but in the end we know it's going to be a great massive destruction that will come from this. And so some of you might say, well, John, I don't believe we're in those days. Well, you need to read Scripture, and you need to look at the world around you, and it's not hard to see where we are. And it's very, very easy. So we as Christian men, I think, do our due diligence— um, I do think that we're at a point where we don't have great options to choose uh, for leadership in this nation because this nation has rejected God and it's not in vogue nor acceptable to have a godly, godly man leading and running a nation who has left God and hates, hates the things of God. That's, that's a reality. And that's why corruption reigns in Washington because it's a wicked, corrupt system with corrupt men and corrupt women who are in power, um, and that's the reality. But we do, I think, need to do our due diligence. I think we take part in how we vote and so on and so forth. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, God is not an American. And what we find in Scripture is a reality of what happens when a nation rejects God. This is a life cycle that has taken place, and we know that in the end it leads to total destruction. This is where we are. This is the, the, the time in which we're living in. We don't panic about it, but you need to have proper understanding in order that you can live in a way that honors and glorifies God in these days. Have wisdom, have knowledge, use that wisdom, use that knowledge, apply it to your life to, to lead your family well, to protect and provide um, and, and have this understanding. So here we go. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, we're looking at a group of men that are mentioned here, and they're called the sons of Issachar. When we get to um, chapter uh, 12, verse 32, we read this, and David has this recorded in Scripture. Of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times. There are a lot of Christian men who are not in any way, shape, and form, addressing the issues of this day in their life with any understanding of the times that we're living in. And that is a tragedy because Scripture has given us information that we need to know how we live in these days. We need to be men like these sons of Issachar who understood the times. To know, okay, this is something that we can know. To know what Israel ought to do in the same manner to know what you should do. And not only you, but you as the head and leader of your wife and family, how you should live your life, 
how you should approach this world, how you should see the things that are going on. We should know what we ought to do. That's a very, very important thing. So we need to be like these men. It's very important that we are. We also read in the book of Colossians, um, read, I was reading here this morning in chapter 3, it says, If then we have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. What does that mean? We need to have a proper perspective. We need to have a perspective from the reality of what kingdom we are part of and what king we now serve. Our king is ruling from heaven. He is seated upon high. All power, dominion, and authority has been given to Christ. He is God. Yes, he is the second person of the triune Godhead. Always has been, always will be. He is eternal. But in function in the Godhead, he operates within a certain capacity of function, different from the Father and different from the Spirit. But in essence, they're God. And our, our king, he has conquered. And we take our, we take our, um, we take our activity and the instruction for our lives, not from the world perspective, but from the per perspective of our king. In fact, when, when we live our lives, we live them according to the dictates and the, and, and the words of our king. In other words, we're living for our king and for his kingdom, and our minds need to be thinking this way. And we don't want to get so wrapped up in the kingdom of this world, which we're going to see today. It is passing away. It will not last. It's coming to an end. The day of the Lord is coming, guys. Keep that in mind. It may not be in your lifetime, but we're moving there, and we're moving there very, very rapidly. And the increase in knowledge and technology and all that we see going on in this world um, we see the increase of earthquakes and all types of disasters, and we see this apostasy that is global in nature, and we see uh, the world coming back together, if you will, um, in a one-world atmosphere where we have what? We have the, the um, World Economic Forum. We have all these world things. So we're moving back to a world structure of government and a governance that is coming there will no longer be the law uh, of the jungle, as President Bush said, but it will be what? It's going to be supplanted. The rule of law will supplant the, the law of the jungle. In other words, you're not going to be self-governing. There's coming a day where the new world order will be set in place and it will rule over men. That's what's coming. And all that we see going on in this world is moving us to that time. So don't be unsettled. Don't be rocked out of your uh, confidence and right standing in security of who you are in Christ. Recognize it, understand it, and then what? Think about where and what um, we are to be doing in relation to our king and the kingdom in which we now have been brought into, which we see this also in Colossians, that we've been what? We've been delivered from the kingdom or the domain of darkness. That's the, the, the one kingdom. And you've been transferred into the kingdom of the glorious son. Why? Through redemption, through faith in Christ, we've been brought into this kingdom. What an incredible gift of God that he's given us. So we must, as God's men, we must have the right way of thinking as we now live in a new kingdom, 
with a with a guaranteed factual purpose and outcome and we serve not the kings of this world we serve the king of kings and the lord of lords Jesus Christ so we must have this proper perspective on, in understanding these things um, in Ephesians chapter 5, we read this by the Apostle Paul. He tells these believers here in Ephesus that they need to look carefully then how they are to walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God who freely gives it. God doesn't have um, a lack of wisdom. He is wisdom. He is all wisdom. And you and I, men, we need wisdom to know how we live in these crazy days. So we need to be wise, guys, and we need to make the best use of the time. So when you understand your purpose, you understand your king, and you're living for your king, and you're walking in obedience to the, the instructions of how to live from your king, fulfilling the purpose that he has given you for his kingdom then you're going to live differently in this world and you're going to what? You're going to make the best use of the time. Why? Because the days, Paul says, are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Don't be foolish. There's far too many men out there who are foolish. They don't need to be foolish. If they're Christian men, they should be men who are wise because God gives wisdom if we seek and ask it without a double-minded um, attitude. In other words, ask God for wisdom. He gives wisdom, but wisdom can be folly if it's not applied to your life. And that's what a fool is. Solomon was the wisest fool who ever lived. Just read the last part of his life. He had all wisdom given to him by God, the wisest man who ever lived, and yet because he didn't apply wisdom to his life, he became a fool and the kingdom was stripped from Solomon. We don't need to be men like that. We need to apply wisdom to our life and application so that we're wise men and we know how to live in these last days. So it says this, understand what the will of the Lord is. God, what is your will for me in this life? How should I be living? And the only way you know that is to ask the king, go to his word, and you'll find instruction there on how you should live. Let the Holy Spirit of God who lives in you as a temple of the Lord God you now, what? Have a spirit, God's spirit living in you, and he will direct you, he will show you, he will teach you. Walk in step with the spirit and not in step with the old man or this world. And then he moves on and says, and do not get drunk with wine. That should not be a description of any Christian man out there. Don't be getting drunk. That's idiotic. It's the opposite of knowing God's will. It's the opposite of wisdom. In fact, when you let something else have control over the faculties of your mind, it leads to something, debauchery, which is basically all kinds of rivalry and sin. That's what it will lead to. So don't, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. We need to continually be filled with the Spirit of God. The fullness of the Spirit needs to be operating in us, and we can have that by walking in obedience to Christ and to walk in step with the Spirit of God. And we need to ask God continually for an outpouring of the Spirit of God in our life. This is descriptive of how we should be living men in these last days. 
Now, for the remainder of this podcast, I want to talk to you just briefly a little bit about what some of you men already know, but some of you men listening may not be fully aware of, and that is the fact that we are living in a world in this in this world with two kingdoms and they're opposing kingdoms. See, so you can see how we are part of one kingdom. We are not going to be living in support of the other kingdom. In fact, we're living in a kingdom that is in opposition to the kingdom of this world. Now, we were at one time, as Paul tells us in Ephesians, we were at one time part of the the, the kingdom of darkness. That's a kingdom that we all once were a part of. Every single one of us lived in that kingdom at one time. And that's what Paul tells us um, here in Ephesians. And I'm going to turn there, and I'm just going to briefly just read this to you so that you can see and understand um, what I'm getting at. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, And you were, this is past tense, guys, you were dead in the trespasses, and sins in your trespasses and sins in which in which you once walked okay that's your lifestyle that's how you lived it was natural that's what the old man is the old man is what of the nature of adam the sinful nature and we what we live this way that's how you once lived you lived in the kingdom of darkness being what under the control of the little g god of this age satan and listen here this i'm going to prove that to you <clears throat> following, so here, in which you once walked in your sins and trespasses, following the course of this world. This is the natural course of the world. That's what we're seeing all around us. We're seeing the natural course of the fallen world. And it's just becoming more and more prevalent because there's less and less people who are living uh, in accordance with God and the love of God and the power of God and resisting and pushing back against the wickedness of this world. And once we get to be smaller and smaller in number and less and less people um, who, who, who live with any sort of morality, then you can see now that it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the onslaught just grows and the vile wickedness that once was so... Um, so thought of to be detestable now is actually celebrated it is propagated and it is promoted in this world and it says you were what following the prince of the power of the air that means we were following satan he is the prince of the power of the air which is what the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience And we see that among humanity. It's very obvious, right? Among who, Paul says, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. What? We were children of wrath. We were deserving of the wrath of God. Like Romans chapter 1 says, we know that we deserved, what, punishment from God by the way we're living, but what? We didn't care. We just continued to live that way like the rest of mankind. But then God did something incredible who is rich in mercy. He brought us from this incredible place of lostness. Um, those who are children of wrath, those who are following the prince of the power of the air, those who are living according to the dictates of the worldly passions and lust, which we read in Scripture are simply what? The lust of the eyes, the lust of, 
uh, of the flesh and the pride of life. Those are the things of the world. We're told don't love the world or anything of the world. Why? Because those things are not of God. And so if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father, it goes on and says, is not in him. So this is a big deal, guys. We're, we're, we've, been, we've been transferred. We've been redeemed out of the kingdom of darkness. Now we must live as those who what? Are living for the king of kings and lord of lords. And we live in a totally different way. And we have the power through the spirit of God to live now for the glory of God. And living in these days, guys, is going to be so difficult and it's going to be very, very hard. And we need to be able to have perseverance and grit and endurance to live in these days. This is no joke. This is serious. And we've got to be in the frame of mind with the right worldview to understand how all this stuff's happening and why it's happening and how are we to address these things in our life and live in a way that honors and glorifies the Lord. Now, in Matthew chapter 12, there's an interesting thing that happens, and there's a demon-possessed uh, man. He was blind, and he was mute from this demon. And he was brought before Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. And he healed him. Jesus healed this man so that the man spoke and saw. So he what? He delivered him of this demonic uh, possession. Why? Because our God has power over the demonic powers. He has all power, all authority, all dominion, all rule. Not only that, he created the angels. So he has power over them. Don't forget that, okay? And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? Isn't that interesting? Could this be the Messiah? But when the Pharisees, the religious leaders who were lost as lost can be, heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man, Jesus, cast out demons. See, they were saying that the work that Christ just did was not a result of the fact that he could be the Messiah, the Son of God, but that he actually did this through the power of demonic um, demonic power. Knowing their hearts, Jesus said to them, listen to this, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. In other words, it can't stand. And no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan is to cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his Notice what Jesus says, kingdom stand. So Jesus indicates here that Satan does indeed have a kingdom. But Jesus also demonstrates that his kingdom, that is the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus, is far, far, far superior to Satan's kingdom. And he does this by demonstrating his power and his authority over this demon, and what? The demon has to respond in obedience to Christ. And what? He leaves this man. He gives deliverance of this formerly afflicted and possessed man. Deliverance. So the Pharisees, though, were attributing the power demonstrated by Christ came from witchcraft or sorcery. 
um, through magic from the prince of demons who they called Beelzebub. Jesus said if, ca if Satan cast out Satan, Satan's kingdom is divided and his divided kingdom cannot stand. So here's some things you have to know first and foremost about what we're living in here. This world that we're living in, guys, is under the power, if you will, under the sovereignty of God. God is still sovereign, but there's a rightful reason that Satan has a kingdom because it was delivered to him by Adam. When Adam made in the image and likeness of God, the shining crowning jewel of his creation, what, believed and came under the authority of Satan and disobeyed God, he gave away his right to rule and reign on this earth to Satan. Satan knew exactly what he was doing here. So we all were once part of that because every man born in Adam, what, dies and we sin. We're part of that and we're, we're a part of that fallen kingdom and fallen nature. And we all once lived there, but that is not who we are or what we live in anymore as Christian men. So here, guys, you need to know this. This is going to help you understand what is going on around us. Why in the world? So we have a physical realm that we live in, that we use our five senses, that we can see and touch and taste and smell, smell and we can hear. And yet there's a spiritual kingdom as well that we cannot necessarily see into that kingdom, but we can see it manifested in the physical realm in which we live in. And so that's why we're told by Paul that our, our struggle or our wrestling or our warring is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities and powers. Okay, that's what it's against. It's, it's, it's the, the principalities are being manifested in the physical realm. And what we find here is we have these, this opposing kingdom to the kingdom of God. And God has come and he has taken from those out of the kingdom of darkness by his mercy and grace. And through Christ and the redemptive plan of what? Restoring man unto God, which is incredible that God has foreordained this from the very before the foundation of the world. We read about this in Ephesians chapter 1 and in other places in Scripture. And so we now, guys, have been brought out of this, this kingdom of opposition against the kingdom of God, separated from God, enemies of God, receiving what will come, the wrath of God. God in mercy and grace and love sent His Son. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, came, took upon flesh, and what did He do? He lived his life in order that he could fulfill all the requirements of God perfectly where man failed. And in order that doing that, he would what? Give his life as a sacrifice in order that God would what? The, the, the perfect holiness and the requirements of holiness for men would be what? Fulfilled in Christ and the sins of men would be placed on this lamb and God would what? He would sacrifice the lamb. And then what? The penalty that came from sin would be paid for through the sinless blood of Jesus and that those who put their faith and trust and belief upon the Lord Jesus Christ who atoned and paid for their sin receive the imputed righteousness of Christ just like we receive the imputed unrighteousness of Adam in our birth. We now have a new birth, but we receive now the re imputed righteousness. In, in other words, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the righteous one, is now what? It is imputed to me. And now, even though I still sin and still fall short of God's standard, 
I now have been placed in union with Christ by faith. And now when God sees me, I am in the Son. And because I am in His Son, and I'm in the eternal Son of God, I am now one with Him and part of His body. I am now considered before God righteous, and I am what? Been set free of all sin, all debt, and that has been canceled. And now my destination of what was coming, which was wrath, has been what? Transferred now to my destination now is receiving eternal life in Christ Jesus. The meriting of grace given to me through faith in Christ, all a gift of God, all a plan of God, has brought me out of this darkness where hell was awaiting my soul for eternity. God, who is rich in mercy, he did this. He loved us and he has provided this for us, guys. So we now, oh, we live for the glory of our king who redeemed us and who brought us into this incredible life of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for your incredible mercy, your grace, and your love. So now, guys, we live in a different way. We still live in this world, but we now have citizenship in heaven where Christ is, and we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we, when we die, one day we'll go and be with Christ because we are in him. We are in union with him. We are his body. And where Christ is, we who are part of his body will be with him. This is the beautiful story of the gospel. This is the the good news. And so there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God in Christ and the kingdom of Satan. And Satan's kingdom stands in direct opposition, guys, to the kingdom of God. That's what you're watching happen all around you in this world. So see, when you understand these things, this is why it takes grit to stand against the onslaught of the darkness of our day. That's why people hate Jesus so much, because he is God. Because Satan hates Christ. He hates the people of God. He hates humanity, creating the likeness and image of God. It is all about killing, stealing, destroying. It is destruction. And so we have these opposing kingdoms and we have so many who call themselves Christians still living as if they're part of the kingdom of darkness. This is, this is mind-blowing. This, is, this is never should be the way it is. And so how do we address this election cycle and the times we're living in and all the wars and, and, and the continual wars and all this crazy weather and all that's going on with the planet and all? How do we address all of this stuff and the incredible lostness and darkening of immorality and the debaseness of humanity's minds and the wickedness and the twisted nature of humanity? How do we live in this time with the right kind of, of worldview? We have to have a kingdom mindset, the right kingdom. And guys, if you will start living for the kingdom of God, you will look at the rest of this world and your life and the people in this world so much differently. We have to understand this. So we are dealing with two spiritual kingdoms, two of them, guys. And that is the, the kingdom that are the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. Now, listen, as I mentioned to you, they are manifested in the physical realm. 
we actually truly have a very real enemy, very real enemies. Now, the kingdom of darkness is also manifested through humanity. So there are wicked, evil, vile men. And when you have wicked men who rule a nation, the nation is in trouble. But when you have a nation who elects wicked, vile men, the outcome of that is a result of the nation of wicked individuals getting exactly what they want and they desire. That's what's going on here. There's been a turnover in our nation. Where it once was a nation, although not all Christian by a long shot, there were still implanted in our nation the Judeo-Christian values of morality. And, and people still genuinely looked at certain things being immoral and wrong. And we gained that knowledge through Scripture, and the standard of that measurement was what we used to have posted on the walls of our government and within the halls of our jurisdiction within um, the law, courts of law. And it was a standard that had a certain list, ten of them were given. And they are not the laws of man, they are the laws of God. And the reason those laws are so important is because they are immovable. In other words, if, if man created these laws, then man can change these laws. But if something greater than man has set forth a law and a standard, then man has to be what? They have to come under the standard of the law of the God who created all things. And that's what we used to believe as a nation. Now, not everyone, but as a majority of people, they, they realized that that standard of morality was something that we would live and dictate our society by. And so when you went before a judge, you were held by the standard of the law of God. And this is why in a nation we said these things are not allowed. That's what the standard was. But anymore, that standard has been stripped away. It has been taken down. And what we see now is the rise now of a culture with no breaks left on it. There's no more breaks. And so I, anytime you go to Colorado, you're in mountain country, guys. Um, for example, when you're, you're going through Eisenhower Tunnel and you come over the other side and you're going you're gonna to head over uh, the, the western slope, when you start going down on I-70 there, you're going to go and you're, you're coming along there and you're thinking to yourself, man, can you imagine what would happen if you're in one of these semis and you actually burned your brakes? Can you imagine? And there's nothing left to stop your truck with all that weight uh, on this very steep uh, descent. Can you imagine what that would be like? It would be horrific. So every once in a while, there's a runaway truck ramp and trucks that actually smoke their brakes or they pop it out of gear and they can't get it back into gear and the brakes are smoked and that thing is steamrolling ahead because of its weight and, and it's increasing in speed and there's nothing to push back and resist it. There is a runaway truck ramp to save the lives of those drivers. But here's the thing. We're living in a time where our culture has destroyed and has rejected and has, and has um, pushed away, if you will. They've cut the brake line. They've cut it. So now we're rolling over the hill and we are moving at a rapid high pace to the bottom. And there is no stopping this thing. There's no runaway truck ramp. It is sailing faster and faster and deeper and darker and darker and darker. That's what's going on. 
So when I hear Christians out there acting like this militant mindset that we're going to, boy, we're going to take this. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not because here's the thing. You're really fighting against God. Think about it. Why is that? Because God is judging this nation. You say, oh, John, he's not judging this nation. Are you kidding me? This nation who at its very foundation, just read the Mayflower Compact. For those who came, not all, I know it was infiltrated with evil men. I get that. In fact, evil men know exactly where to go. You get in the powers of government and law and jurisdiction and all those things. They know how all this works, right? But there were great men who loved God. They said that we came here to this country for what? The glory of God and the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was the purpose of those who came on the Mayflower. They all signed the compact and that was their purpose. And so we do have within the foundation, within some of the things in our nation, the Judeo-Christian values are there. And those things are a way to build a society that is healthy, that can sustain, and will be blessed. But we've rejected that as a whole, as a nation. Not every Christian's rejected it, guys. I'm not saying that. But what you're finding out is the Christian percentage in this nation is getting, it's small. It's very small. And so it's flipped over now. And now what we have is we have a runaway train. And God is giving this nation over. He's giving it over as he does all humanity. He's giving it over. He's giving it over. And so what we have now is we have a society that has been given over by God. And I hear people saying, by golly, we're going to turn this sucker around. I'm going to go in there and stomp and I'm going to just tell them how. You aren't doing anything, man. Now, I'm not saying we don't try to do things and to stand for truth and justice and, and those things that are right. We do that because that's what Christian men do. We're to stand on the principles of God's word. But you, you can't, you can't stop God's judgment. And you won't stop the day of the Lord. And if you study scripture, you can begin to see and understand what is all this, what's going on here? What is the big deal about Israel? What is the big deal about that piece of land over there? What in the world's going on with all the fighting and what, what is happening? How did Israel the Jewish people even survive all these years. How did they also become a nation in a day in, in, in 1940? How did, this, how did this happen? See, this stuff's all tying together as we approach the day of the Lord. It's all coming, guys. So here's what we need to do. We need to be like the sons of Issachar. We need to realize that we're living in a time, we're living in a reality with two opposing kingdoms. We're not of the kingdom of darkness. We've been transferred into the kingdom of the glorious Son. And so in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18, Paul reminds them, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
In a sense, the unseen things are actually more real in the aspect that they'll last for eternity than those things that we can see, hear, smell, touch, taste, and hear. The Word of God makes it very clear that there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God in Christ and the kingdom of Satan, and they are in constant opposition to to one another. Now, we know the kingdom of God in Christ has won and will win and will victoriously Christ will, the King, one day come and rule and reign. He will. We know that because Scripture tells us. So, guys, my encouragement to you as we continue on, as we study these things, is to live for the glory of God, have the right perspective, have your right mindset, and have a proper worldview on how you are to be living your life in this world. It'll make all the difference for you. This is not going to be easy. The days we're living in are difficult and they're hard. And more than likely, they're going to get harder as we move forward. So that's why we're here. That's what this whole podcast is about, to equip, encourage, and inspire you as God's men to live God's way for God's glory in these last days. God bless you guys. We'll continue this on the next podcast. Until then, you guys have a wonderful day in the Lord and stay gritty. And we'll see you next time on the Gritty Men Podcast.